Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, Alex, and with me we have Dan. How are you, Dan? Yeah, look, I'm pretty good. Um, look, two two home wins. You know, we've broken the broken the curse. Um, two clean sheets, two wins in a, you know on the bounce. So it's, I mean, there's not too much to be unhappy with. That's it. I'm trying to think because um, it's been a little while since we've had you on. I can't remember quite where we were in the league um, on your last episode, but certainly a lot lower than we are now. We're in, into the top half uh, for the first time since probably those first few weeks of the season. And as the title of the podcast says, perhaps daring to dream. Yeah, look, uh, it's, I, I was thinking about this a couple of days ago about like what we'd predicted for the beginning of the season. I'm fairly certain I said like, you know, top half's a minimum, you know, playoffs would be, you know, you, you would be sort of would be great, but maybe a little bit of a fanciful thought. But sort of, I don't know. I, I didn't think that Rosinho. Like I thought, you know, we'd improve, but I didn't. I guess like it's just that sort of a season where it's sort of been really tight, sort of throughout. Not there's not been a big group of runaways. Um, where some some other seasons there sort of has been, and there's been you know a huge gap between you know sixth and tenth, for example, or whatever. But um, I, th- I think the the impact that he's had with what, what is it like two losses or something in the yeah. eleven games two, or two, something two and eleven or something yeah 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 which is which is um, sensational um, to have you know the team we had the worst defense in the league at one point and um, but we've really you know he's turned that around without really any like met, you know it's not like he you know shipped out the whole defense and brought in a whole new back line or brought in any new players in that those areas he just had he worked with what he had already um and has just you know got them i don't know i guess playing the way he wants but um yeah it's been really nice progress um and i just yeah i think it's cra- just crazy to think you know as we we went into the world cup it, that world cup break in such a low position so it, it was sort of devastating with him you know the, the amount of investment we had at the beginning of the season and obviously the hot start as well sort of like had us all you know daring i think daring to dream well before we should have been you know those first few rounds um you know the the, the win on you know the couple of wins and stuff early on and sitting in the top we went, oh, this is going to be the season's going to be great um sort of all especially because I, I think we had all those early wins and i think the window hadn't even closed we were thinking oh we're just going to get stronger from here and, and mm. yeah it didn't quite work out um, but I think, yeah, just the way that we've we've you know had the World Cup break, we've come back, and we, and it's it's almost like watching a completely different team. <clears throat> um, but yeah, it's 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 really positive. I mean, I'm certainly like I look at I go four points or whatever it is to the to the six. It's like that's that. I'm I mean I'm I'm dare I am daring to dream at at this stage. Um, but I think, like, there's still there's still so much football left to play. Like, it's it's crazy yeah, to it. think like how how many games are still left. Because um, I think there's still like 15 games or something like that left. I think we've played about about 29. We've played, have we played 30. Yeah, we've played like 30. <clears throat> so we've got 16 games left. Yeah, yeah, we have. We have. So we've got 16 games left. Yeah. Which is like just there's so many points on offer. Um, so the next couple of games, you know, seem really big because, you know, if you pick up, if you get a couple of wins, then all of a sudden potentially you're in that, you know, you're occupying sixth or seventh or something. But 
with another 14 games after that. It doesn't really... And that's yeah. what I was going to say. Is like the, the position we put ourselves in, every game is big for a different reason because either you're playing a side below you where you think this is a game that we should be winning and picking up another three points or it's a game against the side just above you because we've already played Sheffield United twice and you think this is a game where if we win, all of a sudden we're kind of leapfrogging that team. Like We'll, we'll talk about the, the game with Norwich, which is probably the bigger of the two games, but that's the sort of fixture where you look at it and you go, we win that, all of a sudden we're ahead of Norwich and and really on the back of that top six. Yeah, it's um it's 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 a it's a exciting sort of period. Um and yeah, but yeah, as you say, sort of every game, different different set of expectations, different set of sort of uh, ramifications from from the win. But um yeah, looking forward to I think the next couple of games. I think they should be. You know, I think we're sort of really building into some nice, real positive form with some defensive resilience, and you know, uh, getting that ability to sort of to nab a goal and nab a win. So, um, you know, it's going to be exciting. Yeah, well, a nab a win we certainly did against Cardiff on the weekend with that one nil win, um, unchanged on up from that QPR win as well, and so it was good to see the side follow that up with another three points. Probably made it more difficult for ourselves than we needed to. I think. I might have said it to, I think it was Mike on the episode last week or maybe it was Logan, that we do tend to struggle against teams that sit back and and don't really come at us. And, and Cardiff was certainly that style of side where if you don't get that early goal, it can become quite a, a nervy game the longer it goes on at nil-nil. Um, but, you know, there's a few call-outs, obviously, with Ingram saving that penalty in that first half and, and Christie with a couple of great chances, one ending in the goal. But... Um, I thought it was another pretty solid display from everyone. Yeah, look, I um, I really enjoyed the game. I thought, you know, we started really well and we were on them from the from the get go. And I think the games where we have come out really strong and started really strong are the games where we've sort of performed better. Um, but it, and I, I kind of always felt like, you know, I thought I thought throughout the whole game, I never really thought that we weren't going to score. It's always, I thought, you know, the way we were attacking and even though we did struggle, you know, for, for some periods to break them down, I thought, you know, we still had enough really good chances, especially in those first like 10 or 15 minutes. It was the amount um, of those of those opportunities that were coming and, you know, a few really good balls whipped in and stuff. I thought, you know, I thought we were going to score, but there was a period in that game where I was going, this is going to be one of those games, you know, and then Elder gave away the penalty where we do something yeah. stupid and they concede a goal and then, you know, we're, we're playing a, to get that, you know, to get a draw back or, or whatever. But, um, yeah, th- Elder just got sold. He, he dived into the block across that didn't come. Um, yeah. But sensational well, save from Ingram. Like, yeah, well, I can't remember where, where I said it. It might have been on Twitter or somewhere that this does exactly right. That this felt like the sort of game that would be a one-one draw earlier in the season. And it, it you know, granted that Ingram's made a great penalty save to to stop that being the case, but um, it also just shows that progress that we've made that we're turning. You know, we were sort of complaining about the one-ones and saying, well, actually, under shot of that would have been a loss. Now we're saying, well, actually, we're turning them into one-nil wins. Mm. So it does show that sort of tangible progress that we're making under Rosinha. Yeah, I think um, I think I just overall it was a really it was a really solid performance from pretty much everyone on the pitch. I can't really um, fault anyone. Yeah, I guess you know, El- I mean, Elder for giving away a penalty, but like oh, overall, I, I think it's still I, like I thought he still had a really solid game. That was one. I was going to say, yeah, I thought he really redeemed himself second half. I thought he had a great second half after that that penalty incident. 
Kowalski. Yeah, and like I think it's his ball that goes across to Christie that allows him to cut in for one of his early chances. Um, you know, and a couple of I think oh, it's the one that he whips back across the goal. I think he puts that long one over the top. Christie beats a player and then pings it across low and hard, and then Oscar and Connolly just can't quite get yeah the that's touch right. to tap it in. But you know, there's a few nice runs in. Um, you know, down into that corner few nice balls in. So I thought, yeah, he sort of redeemed himself. Um, but it's sort of, I think we're at a point now, I mean, apart from obviously that, you know, the QPR, the, the Connolly against QPR, but for the for the most part, like we just having these games where we're just, everyone's performing at a really high level and it's, there's not, not really ever, you know, we're not relying on one player to have a standout game to, to secure us things. It's everyone's, you know, putting in a seven or eight out of 10 sort of performance and playing really well, um, which I think is realistically a, the sort of like what, what you need out of your team if you do really actually want to be challenging up, you know, towards the, the, the playoffs and those sorts of things, relying on, you know, a, a, a single player, um, you know, or one or two players to, 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 you know, be the ones that are dragging your team, you know, forward is, is sort of not going to work. And there was, I think, times earlier in the season where it sort of felt like that was what we were doing. We were, you know, relying on waiting for Oscar to, to score a goal to, to get us a, some points or something like that. Whereas, or, you know, relying on Greaves to, you know, you know, put in a, another, you know, defensive display that he, that he does. But um, it seems like everyone's a lot more consistent um, in their performances now, which is um, which is really, really positive. Yeah, and talking of Greaves, we did see him come back off the bench. Um, so good to see that he's presumably pretty close, if not back to full mm-hmm. fitness. Gives us um, a bit of a headache going into the, the Stoke game in terms of how that lineup looks. But um, look, as you say, it's... Um, it's it's the consistency of effort. You look at Burnley up in first, and and each week you look at their goal scorers, and it's always a different sort of mix and match of um, their players. Because as you say, you need to have that sort of spread of contributors. And um, you think you know Oscar's obviously out the blocks in front with um, the number of goals he's scored, but you've got Christie, two fans has scored a couple as well. Um, obviously Connolly last week, Slater as well. Like there's like, this whole sort of mm. um, goal scoring midfield as well that's contributing to to help. Um, get us wins and, and and makes us a much more dynamic side in that sense. Mm, yeah. Um, I forget what I was going to say. That's all right. Well, talk, talking about <laughs> sevens and eights out of ten, that's a good uh, good uh, segue into our um, MVP votes for the game. So I thought maybe you could kick us off for those. Yeah. Look, um, I wasn't sure how I was going to like how I was going to flip, sort my three and two, because I thought there were two standouts, um, one for winning us the game and one for essentially saving us the win. Um, so, and I couldn't really decide which was the bigger moment, um, you know, because they were both, you know, so significant, especially in a one nil win. Um, do, do you go the one, the one goal that gets you the win or did you go the big save that, you know, preserved you the nil or lead at the time? Um I ended up going with the big save. So I give Ingram the three points because I thought, and it wasn't all he had to do throughout the game, you know, he, um, but that was a big moment and you need, um, you know, your players to stand up in big moments. And I thought he absolutely did there. Um, and that was a, you know, that was a moment where I, I worried that, you know, we'd, we'd concede that penalty and then potentially, you know, fall apart 
throw away what had been such a promising start to the game. So I've given three points to Ingram. Um, and obviously we know where the two points is going. They're going to Christie for um, a another just really impressive attacking display from our right back. <laughs> um, just seems to beat players in the opposing box like very easily yeah, his, and very his consistently. Full, his footwork is amazing. Like he did it against QPR for that Connolly assist as well. Mm. Um, he just sort of, uh, I don't know, he just he just fools them every time. Yeah, so because I think it was, it was interesting in the call because I watched the highlights again, and I'm like, I think the first one where he puts where Christie puts the ball just outside the top corner, um, he said the commentator said um, something like he doesn't get up here very often for those opportunities or something, and then it was like I was like, I don't know about that. He seems to do it every week, but the other thing was then like it was almost an identical situation that he scored. That's from. right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I loved I loved how similar it was to that check because it, it's it's you know you sort of see him and it's like he's just getting his eye in he's he's done mm. the miss he's like okay I, I know where I've got to hit it and then he just hits it perfectly. Um, yeah, so it was I think yeah he he I gave two points to Christy just for another yeah another really solid display and obviously a very important goal for us. Um, and one point I sort of I struggled a little bit I sort of tossed a few um, names through my head. And then apparently I've come up with the same one that you did. Oh, right. There you go. <laughs> um, I swear I had made this decision before I saw you yeah. the, the sheet. Um, but so I've given, uh, yeah, the one point to Seri for just another, I think, um, like another solid, busy display where he's getting to a point now where early in the season when I was watching it, it felt like he was a bit frantic running like sort of running around trying to do everything and, and maybe, maybe he's a bit unfit or something, but he just seems to now he's getting to a point where he just seems to be just gliding around and just, you know, he just receives and he plays off and it was just some really nice, you know, really nice passes, um, you know, solid work in the middle, solid defensively, uh, you know, couldn't, couldn't really fault him. So um, he's, yeah. he's, he's the sort of player that when he comes in for a contest to win the ball, I'm, confident that nine or t- even 10 times out of 10, he's mm. going to come away with it because his ball retention going into a contest and coming out of it or winning the ball off the opposition mm. is just amazing. And, and as you say, I think, I don't know if it's also maybe more confidence in his teammates that he he knows where they'll be when he needs to play a pass and things like that, that mean that he's a bit less frantic, like you were saying earlier in mm. the season. Um, whatever it is, he's maybe it's, you know, clarity of role under Rosinia versus Oh, I, can't remember, I can't remember if it was Elder or somebody made the comment about Shotter not really. Oh no, I think it was Christie might have even been saying. Yeah, that the, I didn't think there really... was a couple of there was a couple of players that sort of came out, and that's what I was about to say. Perhaps it was that that that, that said that under Shotter, it wasn't really clear exactly what he expected of each player in their mm. in their role and in their position. So um, would explain why lots of times in that early part of the season, Seri looked in two minds because he probably was. Um, because he's being told, yeah. you know, or, or either given two sort of different instructions or given unclear instructions about what he should be doing in in situations. But um, I think now we're seeing, we're seeing the player now that we thought we would, you know, that we thought we signed. The That's beginning it. of the season, yeah. I was like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and look, I went the same too, uh, in the same order as you for the other votes as well, because uh, as you sort of said there, I mean, Ingram outstanding with the penalty save. Um, I was... 
I was, uh, yeah, a bit, bit nervous, obviously. You know, you, you, I can't remember the last penalty save we've had, really, to be honest. I think it's been pretty rare. Um, so to, to have Ingram keep that out. I, uh, If anyone plays, the there's the uh, championship fantasy game, um, Gaffer, where you can play this chip where you get the 10 points if your keeper makes a penalty save. And I traded out Ingram because he didn't have – there was uh, Huddersfield and Blackpool had two games this week. So I was like, I'll get rid of Ingram and I'll bring in one of their keepers. And then I'm sitting there just being like, I can't believe he's going to save a penalty this week of all weeks. But um, that was a fantastic effort. And Christy as well. I don't know if you've seen um, the story that's gone around. It's um, kind of blown up a bit about Christy saying he was having a bit of a conversation with Robinson, saying he's going to miss it and do us a favour. Sort of yelling to Tufan while Robinson's lining up saying, yeah, he's going to miss it. He's going to miss it. And playing his part. And, and you know, in all seriousness, you look at Connolly, you look at Christie, you look at those guys with that desire to win and that hunger to win, and you do need a bit of that Mongol in you mm. to actually, you know, win promotion from this division and actually have that desire. And, you know, there's a bit of, you know, softly, softly with some of our former players potentially where we've kind of just mm. meekly turned up to teams and, and let them bully us. I, I, I think of like that Chef United game last season where I think Sharp scored one and, uh, Egan maybe got a couple of goals over the top of Wilkes because Wilkes just got out muscled. Um, mm. And you've just got to have these these characters in the team who who really sort of take the game by the scruff of the neck and say, "No, we're going to get us over the line here." And uh, no, it's awesome to see. Mm. Um, you mentioned Connolly. Question because it's popped up, and he he sort of did an interview where he said like he's going to have a big decision to make in the summer. Um, do you? Are you? I mean, it's very early days, but are you yeah. one? Be looking who who would who would be willing to make a call now, and whether you would want him on a permanent. I think I think for me, there's there's two factors. Is is one would be the the level of fee required to get him out of Brighton, and I look at like Longman signing for us, and that was a pretty cheap fee. Obviously, Connolly had a much brighter start and was in the first team at Brighton, so he'd probably have a bigger fee. Um, I'd also just want to see it over a couple more games, and especially when we've got like Ebioe in this, even though Ebioe is just on loan, so he's not going to be there next year, but just to see how he links up with the other attacking players. Because you wouldn't want to be sitting here in like six weeks and those two goals against um, QPR is only two goals. And yes, you know, he's looking bright and busy, but not really doing much. And you go, oh, well, maybe it was a flash in the pan. Um, but his performances have been awesome. And like and like I was saying before, in terms of like that competitor and, and hunger and everything, he's exactly what you want in that team. Um, so I'd, I'd say yes at the moment, but I'll probably see where he's at in the next three, four weeks. Yeah, I only ask because I was thinking about like Longman specifically. You know, he came on and he was on loan and he went really, really good. Yeah. And we were like, and we we're like, oh, wow. And then we signed him. And then his he really seems to have just dropped off big time in his performances. And I was like, that's it exactly. You, yeah. Like I'm, I'm looking at the the parallels between you know the two of them, and I was like, I wonder what what other people think. That well, that's it exactly because you can have these players on loan who just look amazing over the sort of four or five months, and you go, yeah, yeah, we've got to have them, we've got to have them, and you pay over the odds for them, and then they come in on a permanent, and then you're like, oh, this isn't who I thought we were getting. So, um, I, I trust Rosenia. Like I, I think mm. it'll be interesting to see what happens with Darlow whether he gets a spot on the team. But other than that, I think all of the decisions Rosenia seems to have made so far in terms of signings, who he's let go, that sort of ruthlessness, I think he's made some really good decisions. And I think our business in the summer is going to be really interesting as a result. But, um, yeah, like what I say so far from Connolly. Yeah, I think 
um, I'm sort of the same as you. I think like it's sort of it is really too early to tell um, or to make it make a clear decision because it could you know he could go for the rest of the season and not score another goal. I don't. I probably don't really think that's the case. He looks like yeah. he is someone who's in and around. You know, he almost had that tap in against um, Cardiff, um, where I think it bounced back off a post off Slater's shot um, and stuff. But I, I, there's a there's a part of me that's going. If we sign him, is he going to do a longman? Is he just going to like drop yeah. off completely? But um, I think I think, I think the, the difference I'd say is he's obviously shown he can do it at Premier League level. So mm. I think I think it's more a case of you know he, he's almost like one of those sorts of players where he's had that dip in confidence and dip in form. He needs to go somewhere he's loved and turn it around and and sort of like a two fan really. Mm. It's it's the same sort of player where it's like you probably wouldn't get them if they were playing to their level. But because they're below their level, then they sort of are more available for clubs willing yeah. to take that risk. But yeah, um, you mentioned the summer, and I sort of think it's, it will be interesting because I think like I, obviously we've got a few on loan, but the squad overall is is mm. is pretty solid. And if you retain most of what we've got, you're probably only looking at adding you know you know two or three. I guess we've got lots of players to to re-sign, lots of off-contract players. I think we've got quite a few, but. Um, it doesn't actually look. Hopefully, it's not. Uh, we're not going on a big overhaul again, like like we did in the in the previous summer. But yeah, that's it. I mean, you look at you look at the form table and where we are, and this sort of goes on to. We can talk briefly. We already sort of did at the start of the episode in terms of um, playoff potential. But you look at the form table since Rosinha came in. I think we're sixth in that. So you sort of project that over a full season. That's us in the playoffs. Just on, oh, you know, granted we haven't played everyone yet, but um, it's a getting to a decent sample size, I think it's 12 or 13 games now. Do you think having everyone fit for a preseason, adding a couple of players for a bit of depth when needed, and, you know, yeah, you're right, like, you know, Elder and um, uh, there's probably a few others, I think, as well, out of contract in the summer, Jones maybe as well, um, not sure, where you'd say, yeah, you probably re-sign a couple or you add a few players as depth, but um, you don't necessarily need that overhaul to see a huge improvement in terms of league position when you think you give Rosenia a full season, you should see that natural improvement. Mm, yeah, I think um, I reckon there's probably maybe one or two changes in the back where I think, you know, I think Figueredo has not really worked um, and he's just riding the pine because he's a senior body, really. Um, I think... He's one who probably should move on um, and find someone else. And then I guess the question, the decision becomes on what Jones. If he does, if, if he goes or if he stays, then there's, you know, obviously potentially there's a decision there. But I think um, I think Doherty is one who's out of, out of contract as well. Yeah. Um, I, I love Doherty, but he is probably one where you think you're making that harsh, harsh call on what do we need for a Premier League squad and he probably doesn't make the cut. Yeah, I think um, I I'm with you. I I really like him, but I think he might be one who potentially does. I guess it sort of it really depends where we end up. I think if we if if we finish, you know, playoffs and we're going, you know what, you know, next year like we'll we'll be there or whatever, then he probably maybe doesn't get a thing. But I think if we sort of fell off a little bit. He'd be one that I'd probably be happy to to have in the squad again next next season, depending on whether he's if he had like a twelve month extension or or something. I'd yeah. be like you know just activate it and then 
see what the next year looks yeah. like. Yeah, because he's he's one where I'm like I would have had him in the same group as like Honeyman and stuff. Where last summer I would have kept those guys. You ditch your like yeah, your Magenus, your Eves, your Smallwood probably as well, and like that that sort of um, those more depth players. You your Honeymans and your Doherty's would start to transition to your depth for this current season, and then you'd probably move them on the following year. So that's why I'd be like, maybe Doherty does go mm. this summer. But. Possibly. But, yeah, I guess we'll, we will. I'm sure, like, we'll see all of that, that, that find that all out in due course. That's it. We've only just come out of the January window. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's always um, transfer business on the horizon. But, look, we'll, we'll move on then. We do have those two games to preview. So we'll do our game of Who Am I first, and then we'll chat Stoke and Norwich mm. if you're good to go. Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So I made 141 appearances for City and I scored zero goals. Ah. Um, right. 141 and zero. What's that? 141. So that's like I'm gonna three, find a, three I'm gonna and find a half, a... something like that, seasons. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to find like that yeah, I'm going to find like an outfield player who scored zero goals and just have you convinced it's a goalkeeper until <laughs> final clue. I haven't on this occasion. <laughs> it is a goalkeeper. Um, yeah, right. So who? Marshall? Oh, it's a very good guess, but it's not Marshall. Um, I joined City in 2013, departed in 2018 after a brief loan spell at Cardiff in 2017. Uh, so 2013 was, I think, our first Premier League season under Bruce. Oh, and then um, 2018, I feel like that was Adkins, but that feels too recent for this guy. Might be right. Um, so I'm like, 20, I see like 2013 and I'm like, okay, that's like, mcgregor years but then like did we loan him out and he just leave but then i'm going who was the other because there was we had i mean i'll just say mcgregor because it's all i can think of but i don't it is it's mcgregor yeah 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 i completely forgot he went online at cardiff um that's what when you when you said marshall i was like oh it's his it's his uh scottish teammate but yeah, yeah, when online, I was actually just surprised he was there until 2018. I thought he would have been, because um, what's 2018 is like after that silver Premier League season, isn't it? Was he out injured that whole year? I'll look that up now because that's going to, that intrigues me. I know he was, I know he definitely got back to the championship with us. Yeah. But I didn't think he. Um, yeah, I didn't even know he'd go, I don't remember that he went online. I thought he just like. Went back to Scotland or something, but yeah, there you go. So sixteen seventeen, which is our Premier League season, our our like Phelan yeah. and Silver, he had a back injury. So then Jakubovic and Marshall were the two keepers, and he was loaned right. to Cardiff in January of that year to get fitness. And then he played for us again the following year. So yeah, so he they must have played for us in seventeen eighteen, and then left after the summer. There you go. Yeah, right. Yeah, David Marshall. Uh, da- Alan McGregor. There you go. Not David Marshall. So, I was like, so yeah, right. That's pretty close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, good shout. Uh, cool. Okay. Well, well, like I said, I'll try and find a uh, defender or someone that scored zero goals <laughs> up like 100 games and 
chuck them there in there as a um, curveball. But uh, anyway, Stoke. Um, speaking of former City players, we used to have quite a lot of them at Stoke, and um, I was looking at their um, squad. Obviously, Chester's left to Derby, um, Ince's left to Reading, uh, Timon's out injured for this game. I think it might just be Powell who'll potentially be playing in this one. I don't actually know if he's been playing lately for them. Um, but they're in pretty poor form at the moment. Um, they're a bit of a bogey team for us. I think they always seem to knock us off. Um, I think it's one win and 11 at their place. Um, but four losses in five for them, really sort of on the brink of the relegation zone, really. Um, and I, as I sort of alluded to at the start of the episode, this is one of those games you look at and say, it's a big game because we just need to be taking the three points. Yeah, I think... Um... I look at the two games coming up and like I sort of get, we've got off that I think we're like four points behind Norwich or something but I and like ideally you'd go we want the six points because then we overtake them and we sort of get a you know but I think like four points from the two games is would be a pretty good um result I think sort of as you say like I think because they're struggling lost some players you know transfer business and such um i think uh i I think this is you know very winnable game um and i think you know two really strong performances two clean sheets i think we should feel i mean i feel fairly confident that we should be going and picking up um picking up the points um against stoke and i think the fact that it's an away game does play into our hands i mean as i sort of said about cardiff the fact that um we struggle against sides that sit back. I think the fact that it's at Stoke and the form that they're in, I don't think they can afford to just, look, maybe they will just play for a draw against us, but you'd expect them to at least have a go at it and and in a way that should actually help us. Mm. Um, I guess, yeah, I think, I don't know, just, I just, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just feel real confident in what we've, like what we've got. There's just, I feel like we're sort of starting to get the balance right in in the attacking third. I think Connolly's added a lot, um, and obviously not back for Stoke, but you know we've got lots of players that are coming back into contention for the Norwich game, um, which I think I think for this for Stoke I'd say go unchanged, even though and that's considering Greaves being fully fit. I honestly just like. I mean, you sort of, if it ain't broke, why fix it? Mm. I think, like, I, that would be my suggestion. I think that he probably will bring Greaves back in, um, but I would suggest that we just leave it the same. Yeah, I, I do feel like I could see Elder dropping out, and I, I think it would be harsh. I think it'd, I think people would be sort of focused on that penalty incident and think, yeah, that's fair enough. I think the rest of his game was actually decent, but... Um, I think it's just one of those ones. I mean, on Elder, I did notice the other day, he's creeping up in the appearances um, for City. I think he's only two appearances behind Garcia now, which in the sense that if he plays even off the bench two more games, mm. he'll become our most capped Australian, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. So I have to keep an eye out for that. But um, look, I mean, we've got uh, Ebi Oe, who supposedly will be fit for the bench for this one. Um, Pelkis potentially fit for the bench for this one as well. So you sort of go from a position of not really having much attacking talent um, in our depth to, to potentially either for this game or, as you say, for definitely for Norwich, um, having a lot more at our disposal. Yeah. So I think um, I'd be looking to go unchanged for Stoke, which then potentially means, you know, again, short turnaround, but all of those other players returning to the fold, um, you know, Teddy from suspension and such, that 
potentially there'll be um, some change against Norwich, which I think would probably be someone like Tufan dropping out and like Tete coming in or something like that. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, also it, good on a side, sort of a bit of a side note segue um, that Traore got, you know, played his first yeah. um, minutes for the under 21s. Um, apparently almost scored a banger of free kick. I haven't seen oh, it. Really? Yeah, he said. I think he hit the post and then they tapped it in, but it was the he was off. The other player was off. Our player was offside or something off the free kick. So, um, yeah. So I think you know, there's another one who obviously he's probably still a few weeks away uh, after such a long-term injury. But good to see him. Obviously, he's playing. Um, you know, he's obviously been he's been training. He's 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 played with the under 21s. I reckon a couple more of those games, and then he probably starts making the bench. Yeah, that's another exciting one. Um, I, I'd actually forgotten that he was injured at his previous club too. So it's actually over 12 months since he last played. Yeah, right. So wow. um, I think there's another under-21s game on Monday night or something, which he's sort of penciled in for. And yeah, you sort of think, I think he played 45 minutes in this one, you know, maybe tries to creep up to 60 minutes or something mm-hmm. and starts getting a couple of 90s under his belt. And then, yeah, hopefully on the bench for the um, for the seniors would be great to see. Um you're sort of talking Norwich there as well. May as well talk about that game as well in in conjunction. But um, they're they're a, like they've been in. They, they won two of the three games under Farker, um, scoring I think eight goals in the process. Um, back to earth against Burnley with a, a three 0 loss, I think it was. Um, but otherwise, looking much improved under Farker compared to um, under Smith. Um, that's that's probably our. Uh, Biggest game of the season so far, I think I'd say. It, it, the, the the one that reminds me of is that Aston Villa game back under Adkins when we were like right on the cusp of the playoffs. I think we went up 2-0 in the first half and then we drew 2-2 and our playoff push kind of fell apart after mm. that. This is sort of like not quite the same because that would have put us in the playoff places, I think. But this one, it's like it's a real test of our credentials where mm. I think if away with three points from this you start to go okay like this is real we are in that conversation yeah i think um it's it's sort of it's it's not quite a turning point but um i i think yeah that 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 sense of like confidence in the the ability to actually make that push and and you know compete against those the, the bigger teams in the division um is is really I think what we're going to see out of that out of that game and out of that result, whether we can actually, you know, because I think you know to make that playoff push, we really need to be stringing, you know, quite a, you know, these these patches of wins and, and like at least points like together, you know, consistently. We can't can't afford to 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 have too many losses in that in this remaining sixteen, which is a big ask. It's a lot of games to go, you know, where and saying you know you can maybe afford two or three losses if you want to be seriously pushing you know for that for those that top six um but i don't know yeah it's gonna be i think that will be uh a really good game i'm really looking forward to that i think um you know two teams that will play some decent football i think it'll sort of they'll they'll be looking at us going you know, we we can we'll do this, and we'll you know they'll they'll be look the same as what we we're looking at other teams. They'll be looking at us, going, we do this, we open up a you know keep that four point, open up a seven point, whatever gap yeah. above the team, the, the you know teams below us, 
um, and they'll be pretty confident that they can come and probably score some goals. But I think, um, you know, I think we should be able to hopefully expose, you know, some space, um, you know, from a team that's, that is going to play football. We know, like, but it, yeah. So, so you, you sort of, uh, yeah, you probably expect a, a three points against Stoke. Uh, I, I, I'd want to be optimistic and say I think we'll beat Norwich. I think, I think it could be a draw. I think that would still be a positive result. I think you know, like a one-one draw or something like that, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I just don't want us to lose like two, three 0 sort of thing and sort of feel like we're back to square one. Yeah, I think that's what I sort of said. Four points. I expect at least four. Six would be sensational. But I think like if you. Yeah, I think it's sort of got to be. We have to pick up points, and I think we have to get at least a win out of the two as well. Yeah, no, no, for sure. Um, well, look, it's going to be an exciting week. We got that Norwich game Wednesday morning, so um, good time um, over here in Australia, six uh, forty-five in the morning, which will be great. Uh, Stoke game as well, big game, as you say. We, we definitely need at least a win out of these two games, but hopefully we'll be picking up the six points and uh, back here to talk about it next week. But until then, thanks for joining me, Dan. No worries. Anytime. And thanks, everyone, for listening in. We'll be back this time next week. But until then, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast, The Tigers Down Under. For more discussion, join us on Facebook at the Hull City AFC Australia Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Odds. The music was created by Amber Black. There's no turning back cause you're out.